Need more context on your favorite movie? Is Obama. Obama, As okay. Senator Obama. Ever wonder why they did or didn't do that thing or include that scene? This is prime. Like, this is, this is quality entertainment. Check out Gutsy Media Podcast as my friends and I take a deep dive into everything from blockbusters to indie films. The weakest apple cider bitch beers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Gutsy Media Podcast for everything movies. DFET Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFET Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. We dare not forget today that we are the heirs of that first revolution. The world is very different now, for man holds in his mortal hands the power to abolish all forms of human poverty and all forms of human life. So let us begin anew, remembering on both sides that civility is not a sign of weakness and sincerity is always subject to proof. Let us never negotiate out of fear, but let us never fear to negotiate. Let both sides explore what problems unite us instead of belaboring those problems which divide us. Aaron, welcome back. Thank you. So glad to come to the tavern. Tavern is open back up and ready for business. Oh, I can't wait. We're doing a little different type of drinky poo this week. Yeah. So I'm going to tell my story upon the different type of drinky poo. Uh, Life has been crazy busy lately. So I had to Instacart and didn't have time to look through the beer selection, though I've already got our next beer picked out. I will be sending that to you shortly. So it, it came to today day of recording and uh i needed to find something for us to drink and i was like hey i'm out in victor but i don't know what aaron's magical gas station is so like my (laughs) thought was i'll stop at the magical gas station pick something out i know he'll be able to find it and i'm like getting my massage and healing hands in victor and i'm like you know there's a liquor store over there i could do liquor tonight so i stop at the liquor store on the way back and i'm looking around and i'm like "Ooh, black rum that looks good let's have a dark and stormy tonight so we're drinking dark and stormies ginger beer lime and black rum it is delicious oh it's so good oh yes and we are drinking the kraken the kraken spiced rum yes I could drink more than one of these very easily. I could drink this all all night. This is very dangerous, and I will be drinking this all night. Yeah, this is very, very good. So, And I will never tell you what my magical gas station is, because I can't have all three of our listeners and you ransacking it, and then the magical beer fairy is going to fly away, and I will be left with nothing. So I, I actually drive that road in Victor more than I should for where I live in Brighton. So I'm like, it's not Speedway. No. Nope. And I don't think it's either of these junky looking gas stations. Maybe it's further out. Maybe it's the new Burn Dairy that's near Van Bortel. But I'm not sure. And I'm not that far out in Victor. And I don't want to drive <laughs> that far, like past the village. I'm just in the village. Like last night I was out that far. We had dinner at Otto Tomatoes before going to see Free Guy at the Eastview Theater. But very yeah, funny. You don't want you don't want to dip too far into Farmington. Yeah, no, no. Mm-mm, no. Death. First time ever having Otto Tomatoes. It was pretty good. Right. Pretty good. Okay. I don't know if you've ever eaten there. Yeah, every single restaurant in that plaza is owned by them. So. Yeah, I figured that. The yep. three. Uh, what? Yep. Something chicken. Yep. Nashville hot chicken. Barbecue. Yep. This barbecue. And, uh, auto tomato. Yep. They're all. Um, none of it is bad. It's all moderately okay. Yeah, I mean it was good. Right. 
I mean, the barbecue place, it's it's nowhere close to uh, dinosaur, but, you know, it's it's a Rochesterian who thinks they know what barbecue is and it's, it's fine. So I hear Good enough best barbecue in Rochester is actually in the village of Spenceport. There's a place called Texas barbecue there that okay. apparently does true Texas style barbecue. Never had it, Ooh. but I hear it's the best barbecue in Rochester. Will one of our three listeners please go check it out for us and uh, let us know in the comments below. Yeah. If, if this gets posted somewhere where you can leave comments. But yeah, Free Guy was very fun. Super fun movie. I recommend it. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And then I watched Suicide Squad today. The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad. No, the, the Suicide Squad. This watched one that went... on, on HBO Max? Yes, I did. Uh, did not go to the theaters two times in uh, two days. <laughs> uh, theaters are just not that worth it anymore. Um, this is why we need an Alamo draft house in Rochester, New York. If, yeah. if, if one of our three listeners actually has connections with Alamo draft house, please let them know that our market is ripe for the pickings and you could make lots of money here. Lots of money. Very true. I guarantee so, it. Let's skip the local Rochester talk or cut it out and, you know, skip right into advertiments oh. uh, for our great podcast here. And yes. it is still our friends at Ridley's Gaming Realm that are advertising and trying to sell you classic video games. Please so, tell me more about them because I somehow have no idea who they are. Oh, it's because I drill a hole in your head after every episode digitally to remove oh. the knowledge is that why my screen gets really bright and just sort of flashes yeah yeah okay it's that or it's actually i can give you a seizure that makes you <laughs> lose some of your memory um it, it's called subliminal messaging oh it's, it's explained so much yeah um no they are a facebook uh group to buy sell and trade used video games between each other and talk about old video games, classics, and they have a great community with no fraud. And if you're looking to buy or sell classic video games, Ridley's Gaming Realm's the place to go. That My my main question was going to be about the fraud. So there's been no fraud on I, their on their group? No, no fraud. That is, it's not that's like amazing. My, it's not like my current uh, experience trying to sell something on Facebook Marketplace. And even though I've marked no shipping, I'm looking at some of the people that have offered to buy from me. And I'm like, you don't live in Rochester. And I'm not even sure you live in the United States. This is kind of sketch. Well, as long as they're not sending you ruples, I think it's fine. No, but I, I want to sell this item. So if any of our three listeners are looking for a Behringer uh, QX1202 USB soundboard, I am looking to sell that. And please contact me. Hit us up on Twitter at uh, Bull Moose Tavern. Yeah, we, we will sell this to you so we can get better podcasting equipment. So our audio can even be better for you three listeners. Yes. So and Jake's dad. Yeah, and, and my dad. Uh, <laughs> as I continue to sip on this absolutely amazing drink, mm. uh, we are starting our new series. Yes. Yes. So uh, we are going to be going back and forth the next few episodes between the Constitution and a movie review. This is going to be our first Constitution episode. And uh, next episode, we'll be back with a movie review of Welcome to Mooseport. We've got everything planned out and we've got some fun movies in there, but we're going to be talking about the um, Federalist and Anti-Federalist papers. So Ooh, this should be fun. What we're going to try to do is each episode will find a Federalist and an Anti-Federalist paper to kind of compare and contrast to each other. And I guess we should start with a little bit of a brief history of what these papers are. Yeah. Um, so what they are is we had the Constitutional Convention and the states weren't 100 percent sold on buying into the Constitution and ratifying it. So the Federalist came through and wrote a bunch of papers, mainly Alexander Hamilton, uh, under a pseudonym, trying to sell the Constitution to the people. 
and the Anti-Federalist Papers uh, were trying to not maybe not sell the Constitution, but let's take a step back before we rush into this type stuff. And that's kind of going to be a big part of today. Um, Now, the Federalist ended up winning out. The Federalist Papers are much more famous. And what I, I do find interesting just before we start going into the articles with a high level overview is that the Federalist wrote under a pseudonym where the anti-federalists straight out at least so far have said hey this is who i am writing to you i found it very interesting that well we don't want to let you know who we are us who are supporting the constitution versus the anti-federalists being like yeah it's me like this is who you're reading an article from right well that could just bring up so many uh conspiracy theories about the whole federal government uh, you and know how it can or cannot be trusted anonymous source is writing this paper trying to sell me on this constitution thing i don't so, know i mean did it is it is it independently verified uh did it come yeah, through on the atlantic no uh this is straight from uh page six uh from the uk's uh rag this this is a guardian article (laughs) king george found wearing three pantaloons this afternoon see a drawing oh no uh a newscaster has been dragged off for speaking poorly of the king (laughs) now to the american news oh yes they're throwing tea oh disgusting how would we waste that all right any thoughts on the overall idea of the federalist versus anti-federalist papers before we get into our specific papers we're discussing today um well i found it interesting that um the first federalist paper is directed to the people of new york yeah well you know why, right? Because New York is shit and has been and always will be. Because New York didn't want to ratify the Constitution. No, because they suck. They also didn't want to secede. They did also didn't want to secede from uh, England. Well, war. well, let's be clear. That was New York City. Most of the rest of New York actually did. But I think most of the rest of New York was possibly Massachusetts at that time. (laughs) Real confusing borders early on (laughs) in the uh, whole founding of the country. Yeah. Our, 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 Our city would have been part of Massachusetts if things didn't change. It was a very long state. I mean, Massachusetts can have New York City back. I mean, I'm okay with it. No, New York City was like the one standalone place. Oh, you mean like Rochester would have been part of Massachusetts? Yes. And New York City would have been a standalone. I mean, I kind of think that's how it should have been. And I'm kind of pissed at the founding fathers for fucking that one up. I don't even want to. There's an episode how the borders got drawn of the first 13 states. My just a a quick uh, tangent, which has nothing to do with this. One of my favorite jokes that I've heard recently is that while America was founded from the east, from the yeah the east coast to the west coast if you actually look at a map it kind of looks like it was drawn from the west coast to the east coast and at the beginning the person was told hey you got to fit 48 states on here and they're like oh yeah absolutely no problem doing these big nice beautiful states straight lines i got halfway through started going like oh shit i got a lot more to fit in here and then sort of got you know to the east coast and new england just like what's the title of what's in there so yeah yeah we definitely uh, definitely do with a rewrite at some point. Yeah. So we are talking about the introduction to the two papers, Federalist One and Anti-Federalist One, which is technically called John DeWitt, DeWitt. One. Number one. Uh, again, coming down to the fact that the Anti-Federalists did not hide who they were. Yeah. So... I made you buy a book. 
It was all of 99 cents. Oh, God. 99 cents. It was 30 bucks if you got the print version, which was ridiculous. Well, Jake, you got to get the print version because, you know, digital, you know, the, they can change it at any time. So you read both of these, right? Did you do your research? Uh, read is a strong verb. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like to prefer a skim and partially retain. Okay. So. All right. Well, I read them today <laughs> because I found that this book is extremely hard to read on cell phone. So I had to read, wait till I had my tablet, even though these are like page and a half uh, right? level letters. But, but the language in them. Oh, yes. That, that would be my very first thing. I think these were not easy to read. Because the language in them is very, I don't want to say archaic, but old. Right. Like People don't talk like this anymore. No, no. People do not talk like this anymore. Um, and I definitely saw a, I believe Federalist 1 was written by Hamilton. I'll have to double check that. Yes, it was. Um, Hamilton definitely got super wordy compared to john like i felt like john dewitt one was a lot easier to comprehend what he was trying to get across other than hamilton well hamilton part where hamilton just basically starts yelling yeah and that's near the end right yeah (laughs) yeah but i mean like still means yelling oh yeah and he definitely yells throughout it like uh nothing less than the existence of the union (laughs) yeah Right at the beginning. Uh, My arguments will be open to all and may be judged by all. They shall at least be offered in a spirit which will not disgrace the cause of truth. Like, I could not stop, like, reading this without putting in, like, weird intonations and, like, accents and just, like, just, like, I'm I'm just, like, yelling while I'm, like, jamming my pen into the inkwell. (laughs) Like... Uh, where, where was one of my favorite parts of, um, John DeWitt one? Oh, the eagerness with which they have been received by certain classes of our fellow citizens naturally forces upon us this question. Are we to adopt this government without an examination? What? Yeah. Uh, hitherto, that was a fun word to come across a couple times. My brain didn't really understand it uh coal skling there are a lot of words and with as someone with adhd it's just like i'm it's ugh. yeah uh so i i definitely much or i definitely much <laughs> great now i'm gonna start speaking real <laughs> well hit, hither more jake hither more uh i definitely feel like uh hamilton's whole thing was like look, you're an idiot if you don't believe in the Constitution. Like, what are we going to do? We're going to show that America failed? No, we're going to show that America won because we're going to refound our government in a better way than we got it now. Classic New York politics. Like, and that new government is going to bring more power to me through the federal bank. I'm going to assume state debts. I I would also like to point out that like looking like reading them now you know hamilton's federalist one was written to the people of new york state john dewitt's number one was written to the citizens of massachusetts yeah like now it's like oh you know like i'm able to read both but back then they were both sort of just screaming into a into a void because they're not writing to the same people it's yeah, you like, had to have a printing pa- uh, press pick it up and share. Yeah, your uh, stuff. I gotta and it's say, got a you know Pony Express and you know moved over there. And I felt like I related to the arguments in John Dewitt a lot better than the arguments that Hamilton made. Just overall, interesting. Uh, and I've got quotes saved on which ones I I think fit better. Um, But first, you know, I want to bring us to a quote uh, in Hamilton and Federalist One, because 
I feel like what he's warning about here happened under the Constitution, and he was warning about the dangers of us not adopting the Constitution. Okay. Uh, a dangerous ambition more often lurks behind the speculous mask of zeal for the rights of the people than under the forbidding appearances of the zeal for the firmness and efficiency of government. History will teach us that the former has found much more certain road to introduction of despotism than the latter, and that those men who have overturned the liberties of republics, the greatest numbers have begun their career by playing an oubliesque court to the people, commencing demagogues and ending tyrants. Yeah. Like, you're warning us we need the Constitution because of dangerous ambitions, and you guys didn't write enough protections into the Constitution to prevent dangerous ambitions. Like, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I... It's sad for me to say this, but I I did relate, I think, a little bit more to DeWitt than I did Hamilton. But also, Hamilton, just his arguments, he just goes so... Like, the language and the... Like, I'm shocked that the Federalists, you know, I'm, I'm sure once we get into this more and we're doing more and more comparisons because this was the first ones and um i believe there's more federalist papers than there are anti-federalist papers right yes so this book that we bought um i'm gonna hop over to the table of contents really quick is um broken up not by the paper numbers but by the uh content of the papers So the section we're actually in is called need for a stronger union. And Mm -hmm. in this section, there are six federalist papers to two anti-federalist papers. Right. We're only reviewing one of each of those. Um, But yeah, there's other areas where there's like the numbers are just ridiculous between the two with what the federalist put out. Right. So, yes, you are correct in that. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's interesting because it feels like the first Federalist paper definitely is written for the time in which it was written. And it's in like seeing some of his arguments, it's like, but that ended up happening. Yeah, exactly. You, like you you're saying we need this to prevent this, but you literally put systems in place that to cause allow it. this. Right. And I read like the arguments of the anti-federalists and I'm like, no, that kind of makes more sense. And uh, yeah. So I think what, part of what that comes down to is I've got two very different impressions of what they were trying to sell to us. Right. The Federalist paper is trying to sell us on adopting the Constitution. The Anti-Federalist, at least with John DeWitt one, is not trying to sell you on not adopting the Constitution, but caution in adoption of the Constitution. Correct. It seemed I mean- more like that argument was like, whoa, this might be the right thing but let's not rush into it. Right. I mean, his, I mean, constantly throughout he's, he's at no point does he say we shouldn't adopt the constitution, but he is constantly um, talking about how we need to take our time and you can't rush into it. Um, uh, Where was it? There was a good, uh, there's a good line about that. Um, but basically, basically, you're right. John DeWitt's entire argument is not that we shouldn't adopt the Constitution. It's that 
we need to make sure that we're not moving too fast and we need to um you know we need to examine this more and figure out what it means to be a united states and not um destroy the sanctity and the individuality of the individual states yeah which is something which for me is so hard to fathom now because i think america now i mean we know america now is so dramatically different than it was in the beginning and um i mean we still try to hold on to this ideal of states rights but really you know it's we're so far gone right these are we are a united federal government and it's sometimes feels like you know the whole governorship and you know states rights is sort of just like you know oh that's cute you play with your toys mom and dad are going to talk real business now hey my toys are just people's faces i'm italian i just play with their faces i just look pinch the cheeks look here's a video showing people look other people do it Italians grope people. It's what we do. Look, here's a picture of me groping my grandmother. Here's a picture. My mother did it. My father did it. You, Aaron, you see behind me, this is the flag of Italy. This means that I I, I just do things. I mean, the it's flag because right there, of who it's, I it's am. abusing someone. It's I mean, it's it's hugging someone. It's whistling at me as I as it's right there. It's it's cat calling me. For those who don't know, Cuomo uh, resigned. Shockingly. Yeah, his last day is like just a few days away i know I, I heard he though declared a state of emergency today did he really um no. a, it's about the hurricane that's gonna hit um new york apparently it's the, so that the, we can get the federal aid or something if the hurricane hits i don't know he couldn't wait one day and let what's her name do it i don't know I don't she's know. from buffalo that should work in our favor and I, I bet I bet all of uh, the New York City uh, Democratic machine is like kicking themselves because uh, they always choose a lieutenant governor who's from Western New York because it's like, oh, you know, well, it's just a token to keep the, you know, the upstaters and the Westerners, you know, happy. So they'll so they don't secede. And uh, ha bitches, we got you. <laughs> We're yeah, in charge now, now. Now they're probably going. Okay. Okay. So I know she said she's going to run. We just got to make her life miserable so she doesn't run again. And we can run Bill de Blasio. Bill de Blasio for governor. How? No. I mean, that would be a train wreck in and of itself. But you tell me the Democratic machine out of New York City would not run de Blasio for governor given the chance. I mean, do you really even think that they're going to run him for mayor again? They're not going to run him for mayor again. He wasn't running for mayor again. Alrighty, I, I don't, I don't see how he could win a governorship. He can. Well, let's let's look at two more quotes from Federalist before we hop over to John Dewitt. Let's get out, get out of okay. New York politics. Even though okay. we're in New York politics in this letter addressed to New Yorkers. Oh yeah. Uh, so I didn't highlight this, but I wanted to bring attention to it because you talked about Hamilton screaming at the end of it. Right. So well, and now and now, unfortunately, because of what you did, I'm not going to be able to read any Federalist written by Hamilton without putting the New York accent on it. I mean, well, for crying out loud. You're welcome. Uh, so he screams at the end about what is this rest of these papers are going to be about the utility of the union to your political prosperity, the inefficiency of the present confederation to preserve that union, the necessity of a government at least equally energetic with the one proposed. And then he just keeps going. like just keeps yelling at us. Yeah. To liberty and prosperity. For liberty. A species of government to liberty and to prosperity. Uh, yeah. Um, no, the other quote I wanted to bring here, because I think sometimes this expresses a view I have. The fact is, we already hear it whispered in the private circles of those who oppose the new constitution, that the 13 states are too far too great extent for any general system. 
and that we must of necessity resort to separate confederacies of distinct proportions of the whole. Now, he's not trying to defend the Constitution. He's saying other people are saying this. Right. And that I'm going to prove that this isn't true. Right. I mean, if people were worried back then that 13 states were too big to put under one government, let's show them the 50 state and what, five territory government we have now. Yeah. And see what they say. And they'll go probably be like, how the fuck did this work? It doesn't. It doesn't. (laughs) You lost all your rights. It doesn't. It doesn't. Hey, everything you warned us against in the anti-federalist papers kind of happened because it doesn't. Yeah. Like you guys didn't. Not only did you not write those safeties in that you warned us we needed. You didn't foresee the government growing bigger than 13 states. You didn't see expansion. So, yeah. And we can thank Jefferson for some of that. Actually, a good portion of Louisiana's purchase worth of uh, expansion. Jefferson is pretty much responsible for everything that fucking sucks now in American politics. But the way the, the, way the vice president selected mm-hmm. uh, the expansion of presidential powers, openly campaigning. Well, that was political discord. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. The guy ran ads that said John Adams is hermaphrodite. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Can't be president if you don't have balls. Uh, Jefferson so, clearly has none. So maybe we should hop over to uh, our first anti-federalist paper. John DeWitt one to the free citizens of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Mm. So they're yelling at different people. Different people, yes. Uh, Although John DeWitt definitely felt more like composed throughout oh, yeah. all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I definitely have more highlights in his too. Uh, he he has some interesting points. Like uh, civil society is a blessing, and it is here universally known as such. The education of every child in this country tends to promote it. Um, There's scarcely an American citizen who doesn't want to bring it and that it improves our lives. But uh, the real first quote I have from him is we at this day feel the effects of this disposition and now live under a government of our choice constructed by ourselves upon unequivocal principles that require, but to be well administrated to make us happy under it as it generally falls to the lots of humanity. So it feels like his argument is like, hey, we developed the Articles of Confederation. We're one of the first countries to form our own government like this because we're not a monarchy. But it does sound like he's saying maybe we're not administrating it well. Maybe that's the issue. Not the document, but how we're enforcing the document. Right. That was my read on that. Yeah, I mean, his his entire tone is definitely um, caution over jumping in too fast, which yeah. I find interesting because, um, you know, the Revolutionary War basically began in Massachusetts and um, New York City. So it's interesting that like these that would like this is the two original targets of the Constitution and one of um you know, the lines of his, you know, that really stood out was, you know, the eagerness with which they have been uh, received by certain classes of our fellow citizens naturally force upon us this question, are we to adopt this government without examination, which I brought up before, but it's just, I mean, that's the entire sentiment. It's not, you. it's not an, you know, it's interesting, you know, you can tell which side won because it's the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers and the first anti-federalist paper is very much not an anti anything. It's just a, you know, are we moving too fast? Yeah. Should someone like read this? So that was my next line that I had uh, noted there. And one of the things I had interesting uh, comment is uh, to yours is I read a book uh, by Colin Woodward called the 11 nations 
of North America. And in it, he talks about um, some history of the United States and the Civil War and the Revolutionary War. And I, I don't remember being taught this or knowing this, but I didn't realize like Massachusetts, New England and stuff pretty much Britain was ready to let them go after a little bit into the war and kind of like had an offer out there that was like, yeah, you start, stop fighting in the revolution. And like, you guys are free. Like we're not fighting to keep the money coming from your part of the country. Oh my gosh. Like, and they decided not to, they decided to keep fighting as a general union, but like there could have been a point where like, the Southern states would have had to fight Britain alone and could have potentially remained under British occupation where the Northern states or some of the Northern states could have been freed because Britain was like, yeah, you guys don't really make us that much money. We don't really give a shit about you. Yeah, You know, you are guys are a financial investment and there ain't really money coming from your area of the, the world at the time oh boy did hamilton change that virginia was originally the biggest state i think when the constitution was adopted they were still the biggest state in the union at the time definitely economically fallen from that but right west virginia used to be part of virginia yeah um well to your quote about the eagerness i thought there was uh continuing on that quote this was interesting Some there are who, literally speaking, are for pressing it upon us at all events. The name of the man who but lisps a sediment of objection to it is to be handed to the printer, by the printer to the public, and then to the public to be led to execution. Like, he's saying like, hey, those of us that aren't actually for this new thing we're getting killed by the press. Like this is what the press supports. Can, can I just say that these two lines could be inserted into what's currently going on? Yeah. I figured you'd have some interesting things to say about these a little bit of lines. I mean, I mean, literally with everything going on right now, in regards to the government and COVID, however you fall with it, he's literally you could literally make this exact same argument. Yeah. And and to be honest, it's like yeah, there are crazies on both sides. We've established that. That's the point of this podcast, that the wings, the wingers of both sides are what's wrong with this country and what's wrong with everything, and people in the middle and the moderates. Are really the only path and solution to our salvation but i mean this this argument i find fascinating that it has basically persisted since the beginning of the founding of our fucking country yep and, and it's like it's the same fucking shit it doesn't <laughs> matter what it is it's like he literally says, like, he, he's literally just saying, hey, let's take a minute. Let's review what's going on. Let's not force a mandate on all of the people without them being fully informed. And how about we have polite conversation instead of executing the person who objects to it? And, you know, uh, if your company says that uh, everyone has to be vaccinated if you so much as question it doesn't mean you're not going to get it but if you question it you tend to be railroaded out so i mean has really anything changed in almost 300 years no 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 uh yeah so i thought that was really interesting like hey so those of us that are like even questioning it we're being railroaded here by the press like the press is full on for the constitution um and then i think 
you know, he tried to, to explain why he says we shouldn't rush into it. Um, so he says, I'm a stranger to the necessity for all this haste. Uh, then later on, he goes on to say, um, before, is, before it's adopted, is it for a family, a state, a small number of people? Is it for a number no less respectable than 3 million? Are there enemies at our gate and we won't have the time to consider it? Certainly we have. Is it so simple in its form to be comprehended instantly? Uh, real quick before I finish this, we're still debating what the Constitution means. So, yeah, of course. Every letter, if I may be allowed the expression, is an idea. Does it consist of but a few additions to our present confederation and those which have been from time to time described among us as known to be necessary? Far otherwise. It's a complete system of government and armed with every power that a people in any circumstance out to bestow. It is a path newly struck out and a new set of ideas are introduced that have neither occurred or been digested. Yeah, um, it is very clear reading these two uh, essays, which side won. And I always find it fascinating that entities like this is true of corporations. This is true of like groups. Any type of entity basically has a soul, in my opinion, and the energy and the thoughts around its creation permeate pretty much through its entire uh, existence and I didn't realize that about the United States until reading Federalist 1 and Anti-Federalist 1 and just being like I mean are you shitting me? What? <laughs> yeah and I love that like is it such an easy language that it's easily digested? Hell no it's not we still debate <laughs> The original intent of items in the Constitution right. now. Right. We, we didn't make it. We added that complexity for a reason. But in doing so, we made it super fucking difficult to digest what the hell this was supposed to be. And it's, it's just, I mean, it's hilarious to me that, like, that I identify more with John DeWitt's essay than I do with Hamilton's. Yeah. But at, but at the same time, especially with everything that's currently going on and has gone on throughout the history of, you know, the United States and mankind, it's it's no wonder why federal why the Federalist Papers won out in the end and the Anti-Federalist lost one because of the propaganda of labeling the Anti-Federalists anti, but it's it's all about how you frame the argument and more importantly, how you frame the other side. I mean, like, he might've won if he came out stronger as actually anti-constitution and not just hesitant. Correct. But like, I mean, that's, I mean, doesn't that go, go back to our current political situation that we're in now? Cause that's basically, you know, it's taken, you know, 250, you know, 300 years but we've gotten to the point where politicians have realized there's no point playing to the middle no you I mean, are either pro or anti something right which isn't true because that's not how humans work but john dewitt is literally appealing to you know reasonable sentiment and saying like hey all of us in the middle let's just take some time think about it you know review it and hamilton is literally using current political arguments doesn't matter what side you're on because this is just political discord and going and it just being like hey here's the position this is the best position anybody that doesn't agree with me as i have said it is against it and wants to kill you or you know kill your family destroy the union yeah uh... they're they're against they're against everything they want to go back to england and john dewitt's like no i just I just think we just need to actually read it 
and make it a little bit more concise. And Hamilton's like, nope, you you want to destroy everything. You yeah. you fucking tyrant bootlicker bullshit. And he's like, no, I no, I, I I fought and I think I think freedom's pretty good. And we've been doing a really good job and there's no reason to rush into anything. And Hamilton's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you just want to, you know, live alone and fuck all the other states. So yeah. and maybe instead of like adopting a whole new government, we just make the corrections we all know we need to the articles. Right. Yeah. Although we have talked about the articles in Confederation on this podcast before, and we know they were absolute garbage. Oh, yeah. The changes but, would have been vast. Yeah. It would have pretty much been a new form of government. A better argument for John DeWitt or for a more logical argument for Hamilton. I mean, he didn't need a better argument because he won, but a better argument would have been that the Constitution isn't a complete rewrite. It's just, a, you know, oh, look, we've learned and it's it's federal. It's the um, 2.0. Yeah, 2.0. It's the upgrade. Yeah. Uh, he's Mark Zuckerberg selling the, <laughs> the Constitution. Well, I think, you know, to it, like just connecting to John DeWitt, there's another quote just a little bit further in that I'm like, this applies to every single bill that Congress has passed for like the last little bit, maybe longer. And it's if thoroughly looked into before adopted, the people will be more apt to approve of its practice. And every man is a traitor to himself and his posterity who shall ratify with his signature without first endeavoring to understand it. We are in yet but infancy, and we had better proceed slow than too fast. It's much easier to dispense power than recall them. Yeah. How many bills are like passed? Like within a week and they're like, yeah, this is a 700 page bill and people are signing their names to the bill. And you're like, you did not read that 700 page bill. Well, my aides read it and they gave me the high level overview of what's in it. Nancy fucking Pelosi. I forget which bill it was, but the super mega bill and someone asked her you know what's what's everything in there and she said well we have to pass the bill to find out what's in it no nancy that's not how it works you have it on your desk you can fucking read it although you're a thousand years old and your eyes probably don't work so you got to get one of your man slaves to do it for you but like yeah that's that's well i just think back to you know the same thing with the republican tax bill and like some of the tax breaks that were in it. And then after the bill got ratified, they're like, we didn't know this tax break was in the bill. And I'm like, uh, how did you not know that? Like, you're the one who passed this bill. You had it. You knew this. I was elected to lead, not to read. <laughs> and then. Oh man, the it's much easier to dispense power than recall them. Like, yeah. let's just for a moment look at Afghanistan and the war powers that were given to a president. We that's not constitutional, but now that those powers that have been dispensed, mm -hmm. how do we recall those powers? It's not easy. No. And the president has just kept expanding their power over the generations. Yeah. And none of it has slunk away. You know, that whole 10th Amendment, anything that not in this shall be dispensed to the states to like regulate or whatever. Yeah. Federal government just keeps expanding its power and you cannot recall that. Yeah. It's much easier to dispense the power than to yeah. recall that. Like the 10th Amendment doesn't say... You know, anything not in here is up to the states to decide until the federal government decides that they want to take it on. And then, yeah, sure, that's totally fine. No, it was meant to be like states' rights. Let the states do things. But nope. Okay. Yeah. It's this, this whole first paper. And I've got another one that's just like, if the evils are acknowledged in the composition, we ought at least to see whose shoulders are to bear the most, 
to compare ours with those of other states and take care that we are not saddled with more than our proportion, that the citizens of Philadelphia are running mad after it can be no argument for us to do the like. Their situation is almost contrasted with ours. They are supposed themselves a central state. They expect to be the perpetual residence of Congress, which of itself alone will ensure their aggrandizement. We, on the contrary, are sure to be near one of the extremes. Neither the loaves or the fishes will be plenty with us, or shall we be so handily to procure them. Now, this gets down to they still thought Philadelphia was going to be the head of the right. government at the time, or at least the head of Congress. Would have been really interesting if the three branches weren't all located in one place. Right. Like if the president was in New York City, the Supreme Court was in Charlotte, and uh, Congress was in Philadelphia. I almost feel like that would have been better. Oh, yeah. Than what we got. You wouldn't have been able to mingle so much, like. But you, would, with, you wouldn't have a swampy cesspool that we call DC, even which is literally a swamp we converted. Yeah, L- literally, literally. You know, yeah. But I, I just thought that was so interesting. Like, hey, just because it works for someone else doesn't mean it should work for us. Like, this gets back to him earlier talking about, you know or Hamilton talking about people saying the states can't all be governed together, man, especially back then, like the difference between Philadelphia and like Boston wasn't huge because they had at least ships bringing people between them, but small towns, there was no internet. There was no TV, like something that helped one small town in one state didn't help another. Right. And yes, that's gotten a little bit better since then. But at the same time, you know, every time that a stimulus bill or something is passed, it's pretty much only helping the same five states. Well, you know, large portions of this country that never, ever see the benefits of what the majority of their federal taxes go to. Well, because. To get Mansion to sign on, you had to put a five million dollar bridge in East Bumfuck, West Virginia, into the bill, and then you know to get uh, we, we got Schumer on on this one, but we required a new building in the Bronx, and it's going to be paid for by the federal government. And like Kentucky was looking to build a stadium, so we got that that funding through the federal government so that we could get like Mitch to sign on and. The pork keeps rolling. It's the only way to get any of them to do anything because how does this help my people? Term limits, term limits, term limits. Exactly. I don't fucking care if they're like the classic argument to term limits is like, but then you'll get someone who doesn't know anything good. Then maybe they'll just do what's right instead of doing what lines their pockets. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Then they'll just get their pockets lined more because, like, big business will come in and just be like, hey, just make the most you can over the next two six years. years. <laughs> like, vote you out fucking quick. So, I got one last quote from John DeWitt that okay. I thought was great. And it was, upon a whole, my fellow countrymen, I'm as much a federal man as any person. In a federal union lies our political salvation. To preserve that union and to make it respectable to foreign optics, the national government ought to be armed with all necessity powers. But the subject I cannot conceive is the infinite delicacy and requires both the ability and reflection. Like, he's not saying, I don't want a federal government. He's saying, yeah, we need it, especially if like we're going to be a foreign player. Yeah. But yeah. he's he's we, basically saying like be I'm careful for it. I'm for it. I believe in it. We need it. But if we do this wrong and we don't think about it, we're going to fuck it up. In, and we fucked it up. In we two presidents, Jefferson will be able to start changing everything yep. because we don't have enough regulation in place. Yeah. Also, didn't People help that he wrote he wrote most of it, so he just pulled that card. Like, 
no, no. This is what I meant. This is yeah. what. Let, hold on. Let me clarify. Let me just rewrite these two passages here. All right, you're good. I wrote it. I wrote the first one. I wrote the second one. You good? Me, me more power. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, uh, I want the federal government to do this. Good with you guys? No, I'm still going to do it. What are you going to do about it? Right. Yeah, I thought these were both really interesting reads to the start. Like reading all of these would have been way too big of a lift. Right. But I think picking one in each uh, one of the sections. So, you know, we did need for the stronger union. There's the Bill of Rights, the nature and powers of the unions, responsibilities. There's like a bunch of stuff. We'll pick some throughout. And uh We'll look to see what they say. And if we change right now, I think we're both leaning more like, hey, the anti-federalist had the argument right. But Hamilton was making a strong pro argument where uh, the other one was making a strong. Let's be cautious argument. And that doesn't appease to people's uh, baser instincts. Right. Because ultimately people need to go. People feel the need to make a black and white decision most people are uncomfortable living in the gray so i mean let's be honest hamilton was a much better politician than dewitt and it comes down to you know what makes a good politician a good politician crafts the argument to help them win instead of you know what's right or fair um you know, the best example of that is in the movie Thank You for Smoking, where he's um, explaining to where uh, what's his name's character is explaining to his son. Uh, basically, how do you win a debate? And it's you don't you don't debate that your argument is better than your opponents. You debate that your opponent's argument is wrong and in them defending their wrong argument they're proving the fact that yours is right you basically just if you change the perception of your opponent's argument you will always win because then they'll basically be fighting on two fronts and reading these two that's exactly what hamilton did hamilton is arguing for himself and he's painting his opposition as something that they're not and dewitt is off in his own world mainly because he's talking to massachusetts and hamilton's talking to new york (laughs) But DeWitt's, you know, basically doing his thing. He's being like, hey, let's let's be reasonable. And uh, Hamilton's like, no, those uh, those fucking guys are trying to kill your grandma. And, you know, they're doing all this and, you know, they're assholes. He's like, what? No, no, no. I just 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 take a second. Just just let's just think about it. You never want to do it. Fuck you. No, no, no. I, I didn't say never. I just said, let's let's talk about it. Oh, you you want it? You want to talk and. You want to make sure that we're all dead. No, I don't. Why? No, that's not. Stop making words in my mouth. Yeah, but, but if we talk, everyone's going to die. Like, you already killed my grandma. No, <laughs> I, I didn't kill your grandma. Yeah, you did. So to that point, uh, I recently read a book as part of my 2021 reading that I do recommend to all our listeners. It's called Calling Bullshit. The Art of Skepticism in a Data-Driven World. And it talks a lot about that. And it's really good at trying to not take a political side throughout the book. They criticize politicians from both sides and the arguments that they make. But they're also call bullshit and explain some basics of data to you, like correlation versus causation. They present some pretty crazy uh causation arguments like uh there's one oh i i I might quote this wrong but it's like the age of miss america directly correlates to how many doctorates in biophysics were given that year like just really crazy correlations right like so Beware the data and you will see any politician and they talk a lot about this making pro arguments because those or anti arguments, they sell better 
to a riled up public than arguments of caution or anything like that. Like half the reason I think Al Gore's documentary didn't sell. I mean, part of it was the fact that he was kind of a political prior pariah at that point, I feel like. But I'm Al Gore. The I'm other part so was entertaining. He I don't think he made a strong argument. He was too cautious <laughs> in his estimate. And I think more people might have bought it if he was overly dangerous. And you see everyone do this. Like, if you don't do this today, you know, infomercials do it. Right. If you don't buy this today, you'll be out on the street tomorrow. My favorite is the toothpaste. And it's it's like the guy squirts an entire tube of toothpaste on the toothbrush. And it's like, I don't know what happened. Like, nobody does that. But there are people who watch it and be like, oh, I don't want that to happen to me. I need the wall-mounted toothpaste automatic tube squirter. If you don't do this today and buy this now, tomorrow you'll be dead. It, it, it's a toilet bowl brush. Why would I die? You don't. What cancer? Ten things you don't know your kids are texting about tonight on 11 o'clock a.m. news. Right. Well, I mean, that's basically the entire, you know, mainstream media's formula, right? Yeah. Ten things in your home that could kill you in five minutes. Yeah. More on that tonight on the half hour. She said it could kill me in five minutes. Like, my favorite are, are like when they make fun of that. Like, is there something in your dinner that could kill you by nine o'clock? More on that at 11. I'm eating it now. Tell me now. Be afraid. H2O kills. It's just fear. If everybody's afraid, you can control them. You can control through fear. You don't have to directly control with the fear. Just got to get people afraid. Path to the dark side, this is. Yeah, so uh, pretty much the everything the Anti-Federalist uh, warned of basically came true yep and uh yeah hamilton had the better argument because uh he painted his you know people who didn't agree with him as zealots and uh extremists and uh i i mean i'm shocked that that argument worked it's not like you can see that type of argument happen today where you know, a political side will just paint its rivals as extremists and crazies and wanting to kill everybody. So, you and know, you're all looking away. He got Washington in his pocket. Oh, now I'm going to have the entire soundtrack in my head. Thank you, Jake. Thanks well, now that. we need what we need is Lynn to do the John DeWitt musical because I'm still not 100% sure who John DeWitt is. <laughs> I even tried to look him up, and all I get is like a John DeWitt from the 1800s. Can can we find this man? John DeWitt, uh, anti-federalist. 1776. Come on, where's the Wikipedia article? Here we go. Oh, it's a pseudonym. I did not know that. So it wasn't John DeWitt. Who was it? It was a pseudonym. Um, we were wrong. We have led you astray. We have. You had to listen all the way to the end for that. We both correction. Correction. They both wrote under fake names. Who was John DeWitt? Google, answer our question. Who was John DeWitt? No answer. Authoring of John DeWitt was the pseudonym used in the authoring of several key anti-federalist papers published during the ratification of the Constitution. Uh, nope. Uh, it says 
Okay, so Patrick Henry was one of the writers of the Anti-Federalist Papers. Uh, here we go. Um, most likely... Oh, it's a lot to read. Um, Brutus was Robert Yates. Uh, George Clinton was Clado. Samuel Bryan was Sentinel. Melton Smith or Richard Henry Lee was Federal Farmer, but it does not say who John DeWitt was. I'm going to assume that Patrick Henry was John DeWitt. Probably. Seeing as... Yeah. He's definitely listed as being... One, one of the, the anti-federalist yeah. writers. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So we were wrong. We Both were. sides wrote under a pseudonym. We it's can just confess. The, the first one used a really good name as opposed to some of the bullshit dumb ones. Yeah. Well, listeners, next episode, welcome to Mooseport. The politics of a movie continues uh, to tease some of the other movies we have coming up. uh, I think we're going to do Mr. Smith goes to Washington. The Warriors escape from New York. Uh, We're going to have a whole episode related to a few of the schoolhouse rock uh, videos to see how well those have aged. And then we will continue this series talking and comparing. Federalist and Anti-Federalist Paper. Uh, Aaron, do you got any final things for our listeners? Uh, I do not, except for, you know, I do not think that uh, we should ratify this Constitution at this time. It uh, We're jumping into this with haste, and we all just need to take a step back and, uh, you know, give it a little bit of time and see what happens. I agree. Hashtag well, just wait. <laughs> hashtag just wait. Uh it's been fun Aaron (laughs) it's been great grabbing a drink Uh, I'm glad that you forced me to finally buy a bottle of Kraken Um, till next time uh, to our list to our three listeners stay safe drink responsibly and we'll see you next time at the tavern It cut off before the end. You have to play it again. Podcast this. <laughs>